Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Declare Victory on this Saturday morning. Who's that, who's that, and who's that? Good morning, it's Grateful Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning, Grateful Deborah Evans. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing On this morning, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I woke up this morning with our mind set yeah. on Jesus. Yes, yes, that's right. Amen. That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah, he is. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you on this morning to be amongst the privilege, to be awoke, to be alive, to have breath in our body, and most important thing, our heart still beating. So we just want to say thank you, God, for another day of your grace, your grace, your grace on this early Saturday morning in the name of Jesus and amen. Mm. Anybody else good morning want to say good morning this morning? That's all right. We're early. We're early birds this morning, Miss Deborah Evans. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anybody else called in that would like to take the time to say good morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anybody else called in that would like to take the time to say good morning?
Oh, thank you, God. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Anybody else there? In my phone. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Who's that, who's that, and who's that? Well, thank you so much for calling in on this morning. You will be blessed. Continue to join us here on Declare Victory. We meet six days a week, starting 6 a.m. in the morning. You will definitely be blessed. God, you alone deserve our praise. You deserve our worship on this morning, God. We thank you, oh God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The name sounds so sweet early in the morning. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. Whatever situation we found ourselves in this week, we made it. And we thank you for covering us and keeping us as we continue to soar in you, oh God. With that being said, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's that, who's that, and who's that? Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Have a wonderful, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, thank you for asking. You're welcome, well you have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. It's Marcella. Happy Saturday and blessings to you. Good morning, Marcella. Happy Saturday and blessings to you as well. This is your. This is not your first time calling, is it, Marcella? Oh no, I've been on here for like maybe two months now. Okay. Well, welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome. Keep coming back. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Anybody else like to say good morning? I'm so grateful for today, y'all. Y'all have no idea. This week has been extremely rough, but I thank God that I made it. In spite of everything that the enemy tried to throw at me, I still kept pushing through. So I am so, so, so grateful on this Saturday morning. Who was that? Who's that? Who's that? And who's that? Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Bubbly. I heard Bubbly. Who who else was that? Good morning. Good morning. So, so, Sylvia. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And it is an amazing morning. It's still serene and peaceful outside. Ooh, thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. I have two prayer requests, please. Okay, who's and who's this? Sylvia. Sylvia? Yes. Okay, and your prayer request? Uh, one, I want to uh, ask a prayer for my granddaughter, Siani. Okay, hold on. 
What's her, what's how do you spell her name? S I Y A N I. S Y S Y I N A I. S I Y A N I. And how do you pronounce that? Siani. Siani. Okay. Okay. Yes. And the prayer? Um, just ask for a healing and recovery. She had several teeth pulled, including two wisdom tooth, and been recovering, trying to all week long. Just ask for healing for her. Okay. And, and your then, second uh, the other one, Mr. Mm-hmm. Wilson, that went back in the hospital on Monday and been there ever since. Mr. Wilson in the hospital. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Anybody else like to take the time to say good morning? Before we before we proceed with the call on this morning, is there anybody else that called in that didn't get the opportunity to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning. Who's that? This is Sister Goldie. Good morning, Sister Goldie. Good morning to you, darling. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> okay, it's time to get started with the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Tracy and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. Be sure, be sure you join us daily in March where our new monthly theme entitled Direction. This means that all of our de- declara- declars- declarators will be, de- excuse me, all of, let me go back. This means that all of our declarations will be regarding receiving direction from the Lord. There are no announcements today, but we do have two prayer requests from Sylvia. Um, We're praying for her granddaughter, I think I said Solani, um, healing. Uh, She had some dental work done, some extractions, and we're asking God to continue to cover her and to keep her um, on this morning. And Mr. Wilson um, is back in the hospital and God knows whatever his, uh, what's going on with him that uh, we're asking God to cover him and to bless him as well. Uh, the order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Rochelle. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Rochelle. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today is Psalm 16 and 7, verse 7. 
I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you put your phones on mute until instructed to come off the mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior, Rochelle. Thank you for allowing me to host and greet on this Saturday morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Declare Victory. Can you hear me, JC? Yes, I can. Thank you. So, Lord, we thank you on today. We thank you on this Saturday, oh God. We thank you for a new day that we've never seen before. Lord, we thank you for waking us up, oh God. Hallelujah, with a sound mind, with all activities of our limbs, oh God, with all of our systems, oh God, functioning the way that you designed them to functioning, oh God. Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. That's the kind of God that we serve. So, Lord, we thank you again on today because you are the only God, that you are the only just God who was able, oh God, to meet our every need, to cover us, oh God. Hallelujah, that the work on Calvary, oh God, was not done in vain, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord, and we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you that you are an unfailing God, that you are God of truth, oh God that you are a God, hallelujah, that sits high and looks low and covers us, oh God, that hears our every petition, oh God, hallelujah, Lord. And as the spoken prayer request, oh God, Sister Sylvia, God has too, and she's asking for healing, oh God, for Siani, her granddaughter, oh God, who's had some work done. Lord, we know, hallelujah, that you are our healer, that you are Jehovah Rapha, oh God. Hallelujah, that all that you did on Calvary, hallelujah, you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes on Calvary, we were healed, oh God. So the little affirmities, oh God, and the little things that we go through, oh God, this too shall pass, oh God, if we call on you and know that you are our healer, oh God. Lord, we also call and ask you for prayer for Mr. Wilson, oh God. Lord, that he's taking another trip, oh God, just a little trip away to back to the hospital, oh God. Sometimes we, you send us to have angels encamped around us just to look after us, oh God. So Lord, we thank you, oh God, for his healing, even though he's going from home, Lord, but he's going where he can have angels just encamp around him to help him as you continue to heal, oh God, as you send your healing virtue to him, oh God. Lord, and we thank you for every unspoken prayer request, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. We know that we all have petitions and supplications before you, oh God. Hallelujah. We know that you are a just God and an unfailing God, that you hear our every petition, oh God. Lord, begin with us, oh God, and help us to make 2 Corinthians seven fourteen personal. If my people who are called by my name, Lord, we are, you are the shepherd and we are your people and the sheep of your pasture, oh God, shall humble themselves and pray. Lord, we humble our, humble ourselves before you, oh God. It is you who is our God 
and the Lord and Lord Savior, and besides you there is no other. Lord, we pray only to you, the only just God. We put no other gods before you. God, you are the only one who was able to do anything but fail. The only just God that never slumbers and never sleeps, that watches over us and inclines an ear to hear our every prayer and supplication. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you in advance, even though we say things and it hasn't come to pass, but we thank you in advance because we know that you are an unfailing God, the only just God that sends his angels to encamp around us, oh God, 24-7, oh God, and even to the end of time, oh God, the only just God whose word doesn't go out and returns to him, boy, but it accomplishes everything Hallelujah, that he sent it out to do, oh God. And to whomever he sent it out, it will not fall to the ground. The only just God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think, oh God. Our finite minds can't even touch what you can do, oh God. Lord, we tend to put you in a box sometimes, but you don't fit in a box, oh God. You are, hallelujah, Abba Father, Lord. You don't fit anywhere because your strength, your majesty, your power is unlimited, oh God. So Lord, we thank you, the only just God. Hallelujah. We seek your we seek your face, oh God, and turn from our wicked ways. Lord, we turn away from our thinking, thinking, oh God, that we think that sometimes we are bigger than you, oh God. Lord, we turn from our thinking, thinking that think that think that you can't do anything that you said that you can do, Lord. You can do anything but fail, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. We turn away from thinking that we are God. We are nothing without you, oh God. Help us to turn away from self and turn toward you and all that we need, want, and desire, oh God, that we seek your face, oh God. Hallelujah. And seek you in all things, our plans, our thoughts, oh God, in the name of Jesus. So our way, can you mute your phone, please? Please mute your phone that our ways will be prosperous, oh God. Lord, you said that you wish above all that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers, oh God. Let this mind be in Christ that is also in Christ Jesus, oh God, that we are new creatures, oh God, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit so that we, hallelujah, can be more like you, oh God, and less of us. Then you will hear from heaven and you will forgive our sins and heal our land. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for standing in the gap, interceding unto the Father for us, for all things, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that we come to you and confess our sins and repent, turning from those things, oh God, that are not like you, so we can be free, free in Jesus. Lord, help us. Hallelujah. Those that are caught up in bondage, oh God, there's all kinds of bondage, oh God. There's mental bondage, oh God, where we just think all kinds of things, oh God. But your word, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, tells us, oh God, that we can cast down every imagination, oh God, that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, holding every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. If he said it, it has to to do it. It has to do what he said. God said it, and that is the final authority. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord. 
send laborers across the ones that are in bondage, oh God, and can't see their way out, oh God. We ask that you loose the bands of the wicked and set the captives free, oh God. Lord, I know that you didn't give us a life, oh God, to live in bondage, hallelujah, to be tortured by our thoughts and by other people, oh God. Lord, and we thank you, hallelujah, that you are a restorer, oh God, that you are a deliverer, oh God, that you are a redeemer, oh God. And Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. We release your word, hallelujah, over their lives, oh God. Hallelujah. As we go out and compel men and women, boys and girls, oh God, to come to you, oh God, to give them your word, oh God. Hallelujah. And that you go before us, oh God. So when we go there, they are already set, oh God. Their hearts are God. The folly ground is already broken, oh God. Their ears are unblocked, oh God. And they're not blinded by anything hallelujah, that will help them not receive your word, oh God. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you that all we have to do is send the word, oh God, speak the word, and the word will do the work, oh God. And we thank you. We believe you and we trust you, oh God. Lord, we lift up all our leaders to you unto you right now, oh God. I pray, oh God, that they're seeking only you, oh God, that they hear only you, oh God, that they're speaking and preaching and teaching the pure, unadulterated word, oh God, that they're not adding to, Lord, and they're not taking away, oh God, hallelujah, but their pursuit is for you, oh God, and the nourishment and the deliverance of the people, of your sheep, oh God. So, Lord, we thank you. We talk, we're talking about all leadership, oh God. We're not just talking about our spiritual leaders, but them first, oh God. Hallelujah. And then we're talking about the ones in government, oh God. We're talking about President Biden, oh God. And we're talking about Vice President Kamala, oh God. We're talking about the governors, oh God. We're talking about the mayors, oh God. We're talking about the chiefs of police departments, oh God. Hallelujah. Help truth to come out, oh God. We believe what the facts are, oh God, but we stand on the truth. And the truth will prevail in everything, oh God. So, Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, I continue to ask to heal the ones that are sick, oh God, that are laying in the hospitals, oh God. Lord, I ask for a special blessing for the ones that are incarcerated right now, oh God. Hallelujah. Another form of bondage, oh God. But your word, oh God, can can go through uh, bars, oh God, can can go where there's no physical access, oh God, but your spirit has access to anywhere, oh God, and to anyone, oh God. So Lord, we thank you for your spirit, oh God. Lord, I just ask that our victors go ahead and come off mute, oh God, and petition the Lord for everything that you need and thank him because he is our only just God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord. Thank you. Lord, we lift you up. We thank you, oh God, that we can come, hallelujah, here, oh God, and wake up on Monday, oh God, and declare victory every morning, oh God, that your word goes forth, oh God, that your word is truth, oh God, and we can stand on it, oh God, hallelujah, early morning, oh God, we accept, oh God, pray, let's cry, oh God, hallelujah, we think that there's no other way, Lord, you
And we thank you, O God. We thank you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life, and of some having compassion, making a difference, and the other saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We seal this prayer. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus as I pass the call to Brother Moses. Amen, amen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for calling in to Declare Victory today. This is such, this is another day the Lord has made. And I really, really, really feel that today. And I I'm, I can't get on here and, and start speaking without just first pouring out my heart for, and just how much thankfulness I have, especially in this moment right now, especially with just, Everything I've experienced in life, uh, everything I've been going through, I'll get to a lot of that stuff in a minute right now. But I just want to first say just, you know, just reading a couple verses, some verses that I'm going to use in the message today, hearing everyone worshiping and praying. I was just so completely overwhelmed with just the presence of the Holy Spirit, love and admiration, and just focusing in on the little things right now. And I think as I go through the message today, what my personal request would be, is to just remember the little things as we go through today, as we navigate through this message together, as we share in community time together today, 
for some of us, this is our only form of church. This is our only way to get to church, especially with things having been locked down so long. So as we come together and we bring honor to God, apply today's message to yourself, to your own situation, to your own promises, to things you've heard from God, to things you're holding on to right now, to prayer requests, to, to just anything right now that you know that you need to fight for. I want you to just play, to, to be in a posture of thankfulness, to be in a posture of looking at the things that, that you kind of might have overlooked while you're focusing on the bigger things. And, and I want to say that because it ties you know, directly, absolutely into today's message, but because I think sometimes breakthrough is a mindset. I genuinely believe that sometimes breakthrough is a mindset. It's, it's the way, um, just like when we were praying earlier, it was, it's, a, it's a thinking. And I've learned that a lot in my life. I've seen that a lot. A lot of the things that I've had breakthrough on, it's because my thinking finally changed. So, you know, I'll get into kind of the topic of today. So obviously our theme this month is direction. And today's message is, is about direction and promises. How do we walk towards the promises that God has given us? What do they mean? How do we know that, that it's a promise from God? What does it look like? And how, what, what does our part look like when we have a promise from God? And I think this is a very, um, it's one of those things in, in, in our faith that we talk about a lot, but no one ever tells you any detail about it. Like, I look at it like parenting, right? Everybody talks about parenting, and, and this is coming from a new parent, somebody who has only been a parent for a little under two years now. And I always remember people would talk about parenting a lot, and no one really tells you, like, the real, real details of parenting. Like, you always, you know, just see parents that are either, like, tired or wherever their, their kid's age is at, you know, or, you know, if their kids are older, they have a more a lot of times you see like a more relaxed relationship with their kids, but it's, it's a lot more strict maybe, or, you know, maybe you know the certain way you got to talk to one kid. You can't talk to the second kid the way, cause they don't, you know, the same way, cause they don't listen the same. I see a lot of those dynamics, you know, and even this weekend, uh, you know, Nicole and, and, and my daughter and I are, are in the Bay area. We're back home this weekend and we, um, you know, we're with all of our family under, under one house right now. And, and, you know, just our immediate family. And I see my brother's kids and my kids and the way they interact and the way my brother interacts with his kids and the way I interact with my kids and then the way my parents interact with us and then the way my parents interact with their grandkids. You know, and it's all so different. It, it's all so different, right? You know, the way that we talk to, to, to one another and the way we talk to our kids and the way we talk to, you know, the way I talk to my mom and dad. You know, no one ever tells you what it's actually like though to be in that process and you hear so much and you develop this picture of what it's going to be like but you don't really find out what it's like for you specifically until you get to that place and I think even as parents there's a lot of things we do that maybe other parents or other people would say oh I don't know if I would do that or oh no you can't give them that or you can't do that but truthfully at the end of the day we know our kid we know our parent we know our situation and it might not be what somebody else would do, but we know that there's something inside of us that has given us peace to go about doing that way. And, and I don't mean about anything un, unhealthy or anything wrong, you know, um, you know, but 
you know, truthfully, at the end of the day, I know that it, that's kind of the way I see promises from God, you know, because they can be very unique and specific to different people based off what God is doing in that person's life, you know, and someone right now can have a promise to, you know, anything. It, it could be any, it could be, it could be like a car right now. And to some of us, we, you know, your wife could have a car, you have a car, you know, and you, you know, you're paying your bill and, and you have insurance and, and all that. And it's just, it's just a part of your everyday, but there's someone right now who's, you know, taking Caltrain or they're taking the bus and they're saving up to put a down payment down. And they know God promised them, like, I'm going to have you in a car by September. And, and, and they just know that that is a, that is a promise, you know, that they had that affects their life. That is a blessing from God that is now a statement to the people around them. But the other couple that might already have a car or something like that, that's not, that's not something where they're, they're currently praying for, for something else right now or a family member. There's something else where their focus is at, right? So we all have different things that we're praying into because we're in different seasons. We're in different places. And I think just like as versatile and diverse as that promise can be, um, so is the way that we go about walking in those things. You know, because there's some people that are listening right now that you're praying to God for a husband or for a wife. And that is a promise that you have felt in your heart. And I know, I know a lot of people right now uh, with that promise and with that prayer. A, a lot, actually. I can, I could count like five people that I know right now that, you know, talk to them, pray. And they're just saying, yeah, you know, actually, you know, the prayer request in my heart right now is just, you know, for a wife or for a husband. And, and so we, but I'm, I'm married. You know, so I have different prayer requests in that area. You know, so I wouldn't, you know, we all handle different things differently because our likes, our lives look different and our promises are different. And so I think because there's such a diversity in promises that are built upon this biblical concept and the entire Bible is built around the concept of promise, right? And reconciliation and sacrifice and all these things. And, and all of those can culminate within promise, Right. But we all have different promises because some of us have family members in a hospital right now, which is the reason why I'm back in the Bay Area, because I have a family member who is very, very important to me, um, who is in the hospital, who's been fighting for their life for the last two weeks. And, and I'll get to a little bit more of that later, because that also ties into today's message as well. But with promises, they're so diverse that there's no kind of one size fits all for how you go about doing it. And even the timeline for a lot of promises, especially when God's involved, is that they can take a long time. This, there could be stuff that's decades and years. And there's some promises I'm going on 15 years, maybe. There's other promises that took six years to be fulfilled or seven years or five years. There's some promises for me that were maybe around, maybe around a year, maybe a couple months. And there's things I prayed into that I saw happen very quickly. And, and there's no timeline and you can, and here's the thing, your timeline, even if it's the same thing, might not even be the same for another person. So like take uh, the examples of, of a spouse or a car or something, you know, that we can all really easy, easily relate to. Um, those are things that could take a while. You know, those are things that, um, especially with a relationship, something as impactful, a marriage can be, an, to me, in my opinion, I believe marriages are quite possibly in the top two or three of most effective kingdom expansion tools other than a career. Um, I believe that a marriage is right up there uh, with like a career in finances. I, I believe that um, it's very, 
I believe the entire point of a marriage is to expand the kingdom of heaven. I, I don't believe that there's, I believe everything else is secondary to that one point personally, in my personal opinion. Um, those, that's an important thing. That's something that you can't just do overnight, you know, and, and, and a lot of us have probably learned that in, in some way. I, I think a lot of us have been in some form of a failed romantic relationship, a good majority of us probably, and we see how important, how in depth, how delicate that process could be. So what I want to talk about is the steps of navigating through a promise. And how do you navigate through a promise if you don't know the timeline? Because in a promise, you are going to absolutely walk blindfold through that process. And that's, that's a very hard thing for human beings. Because if we don't see how something's happening, we don't believe it. And if we don't see how God's working together all things for our good for a promise, we don't think it's ever going to happen. And promises, you um, almost a prerequisite of walking into it is that you need to believe that it failed. A promise is something that you have to not be able to do on your own and you need God because otherwise, why would you need God? And a promise is so important because it demonstrates and showcases the character of God. I think as a church today, we get, we get two camps. We get one camp that is very, very um, prosperity involved and uh, focused. And the entire focus of our relationship is to do things even subconsciously that we feel are going to garner attention from God, favor from God, provision from God, and blessings from God. And it doesn't work that way. I'm not getting blessed for giving a message today. This didn't give me any Christian points today. I've given money to homeless people this week. I've helped people pay their bills this month. I've, my family has done things financially to help other people uh, constantly. None of those things get me a get me favor or attention from God. Not a single one of those things. The second it leaves either my Venmo or my hand or my home, or we bless somebody with clothes that our daughter doesn't fit in anymore. Not a single one of those things earns us more favor with God. And you have to understand that you cannot earn a blessing. You cannot earn favor. You cannot earn salvation. You cannot earn any of these things. These works that happen are a simple byproduct of who we become when we walk in alignment with God's character and identity and purpose for us, right? And we see that. I'm going to keep coming back to this verse today in Romans uh, 12, 1 through 2. And I love this verse. It's a very commonly used verse in messages, and it's so versatile for application. But its meaning, its, its constant, eternal meaning is, is so unchanging and so foundational. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Remember when I told you that breakthrough is a mental state a lot of times. It's because when we're in alignment with God and we're walking with God, we understand things that he wants us to do because we could be wanting to give somebody something because we feel guilty about a secret sin that's going on. And we feel that it's going to compensate for the chasm, that, se that separation gap that our mind naturally goes to when we fall or we slip. We feel distance from God, which is, which is a natural byproduct of sin. But what we have to understand is that we can't earn that distance back. We can't make up space by what we give or what we do. We have to understand that everything we have from God is purely because of who he is. 
that is true and proper worship. It is what we have to do sacrificially back to God as a response to his goodness and his character. So before we get to anything, when we're talking about promises to me, and we're talking because promises can be expensive. Promises can be big. Promises can affect a a ton of other people, right? Because like take a spouse, for example, and you have kids someday, that those are human lives that God is going to use. Those are unique individual creations that God is going to have an entire life with who he's going to then probably build from too. And especially those of you who are listening online and you see grandparents, all of the, the process of your marriage looks a lot different, right? When you have grandkids and you're looking at your grandchild and you're thinking, man, our marriage almost didn't make it 30 years ago. Our, our, our marriage almost didn't make it 20 years ago or 25 years ago. And imagine if, it, if we had given up and I wouldn't be looking at this blessing of a grandchild right here. You think God wasn't involved in reconciling your marriage 30 years ago because he knew about your grandchild and that he didn't love your grandchild as much as you love them when you look at them running around your living room? You know, like everything is important, every single thing. So when we start talking about promises, and as I start getting into our points today, the very first thing, this is not even a point. I haven't even listed the points yet. But the very first thing that is extremely, extremely crucial, crucial to remember is that you cannot earn a promise. You cannot do something more. You can, you can, there's, what we're talking about today are steps that help position you in the right place to move forward, but you cannot earn it though. You can be in the right place at the right time because you're, you're in sync with what God's will is for your life. Like we just talked about in Romans 12, you can make sure that you're, you're not going in the wrong direction with the promise or fulfilling something that is a fleshly interpretation of what something God has promised you, right? So you need to first, this is super important. What God gives us, we don't earn because we can't earn, because we don't know how to process things that, that God has in store for us because we're not God. We can't, we can hear, we can receive knowledge and information from God that is always consistent and always 100% entirely compatible with what we will read in scripture so we have those two layers right of understanding for our life but we cannot earn that we can't earn the ability to hear from god we can't earn or do something that's going to bring us um, more money or more or more blessings or more anything it does not work that way we are entirely dependent on god because we don't understand understand why god does what he does we just know that he does what he does and he will bring together all things for good for those who love him. So as I get into uh, today's outline, I just want to really put emphasis on that because that can get mixed up. And I think a lot of us are wondering, why doesn't something happen? I've been in church for these. I'm going to tell you truthfully, there's a lot of times where I've seen God release something I'd been praying for so, so many times when I had stepped back from ministry. I had seen God release something I'd been praying for for so long when I, I wasn't even going to church. And I'm not telling you don't go to church. That's not right. There was different seasons for different people. Like I said, the diversity and the nature of what God gives us is different because of who we are. I believe in my life that happened because there was a time where I was only going to church because I was promise-oriented and I wasn't God-oriented. And he needed to pull me away and still worked on me in community, in life groups, and other things that I was doing at the time. But I wasn't like serving the way I was always serving because I put serving over God because I thought 
I need to be in church. I need to be doing this. I need, I have a gift. I need to be doing it. Cause that's what I was, that's what I was always taught. That's what I always heard. You have a gift. You got to give it out. You got to do those things. But the truth is, is if God didn't tell you to do that, then don't do it. If he didn't say move, don't move. If he said no, then guess what? You're on the bench. You know, you're on the sideline for right now. If he said, yeah, Hey, you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get ready to start going. We, our gifts don't make this show run. Our knowledge of the Bible doesn't make this doesn't make this show run. I know a lot of people, myself included, who could quote you every single Bible verse, can talk to you about every single. Oh well, the the church in you know eighty one hundred while they were under specific persecution in that part of Italy at the time, so they needed to do like I know scholars, doctorates, you know everything you you know seminar the whole nine yards struggling, absolutely struggling with their faith because they don't know where God's at in their life. But they could tell you where a book's at. They could tell you where a country's at. They could tell you archaeologically where something was found, that they had proof of the early church was in that country because they dug up. Like there's people that can tell you all the history of it. They can tell you every verse. They They can read the Bible to you front and back but they have no idea where God's working in their life and they're struggling and their faith is only being held together by ink on a piece of paper and by something they read on Google. They're not, they're not seeing the living word. They're not feeling God occupy their mind and heart. And you don't want to be in that place. You don't want to think that the more, you know, the more you're going to know God, it's the more you sacrifice. It's the more you submit and some more you release, but none of us on this planet, none of us down here make this show run. None of us brings the the sun up on one side and brings the the moon up after it. None of us do that. We, we just, we, we have to get it extremely quickly because that will prolong your promise process because you will need to be in a time of being broken. And every promise requires that the life cycle of a promise is like a product, right? And there's different cycles. There's testing, there's R and D, there's, there's marketing, there's development, and then there's like release. And then there's like, you know, there, any, anybody who works in like that, that life cycle of a product, you understand what I'm saying from, you know, from conception to delivery to customer facing, to the customer facing side, right? You, you, there's, there's going to be some hard parts in there. And the life cycle of a promise is very much the same way. Um, there's a point where it needs to be tested. Why did you believe for what you believe in? Why did you ask God for that? And will it replace God in your heart? So we have to understand very quickly that to even enter into this process, there has to be a time where we're broken of the knowledge that anything we can do can earn it. And I don't care what side of the spectrum it is. If it's you thinking that you can be very Christianly, quote unquote, and you can do all the things and attend all the church events and sign on and give and do all this stuff and, and do all these things. You, it's great. And that's a part of our worship. And that's a part of what we need to be. But none of those things earns it. None of those things will bring your promise any faster. None of those things are going to move God's hand. We can pray, we can petition, and that's good. And that's powerful. But it's a condition of our heart. God's looking at our heart. He's not looking at our outside. He doesn't care about our bank account. He doesn't care about all these other things in the sense that those are going to convince him and say, well, you know what? I have no choice. They did this today. I got to do it. It's great for us to be there. We need to position ourselves properly to be in an environment that will cultivate this. And I'm going to get to that in a later point, but you also can't go on the extra on the other side where you try to punish God, because I, I think a majority of us have been there. We haven't, and this is a very common thing. 
and you can look around and you can throw a rock in a church and you're going to hit five people who are in this place. A promise didn't come. A prom- something else promised didn't happen. And they start to withdraw. There starts to be a hope deferred and a, and a bitterness. And then they're not going to church anymore or they're not, they're not praying so much anymore. They're not calling in to declare victory anymore. They're not spending time with Christians because they don't want to hear that G word. They don't want to hear, oh, just let God do it. God's going to take They're like, but you know what? I'm actually tired of that. I, I don't want to talk about anything prayer related. I don't want to talk about anything God related. I don't. Why, why does everything need to be a spiritual thing? When you hear sentences like that and you start hearing that, there was hope deferred. There was frustration. There's irritability. And this is all natural. This is a part of that process. It's a part of building that connectivity with God. And we have to go through it. And if you have a loved one or a friend that's going through that, rejoice because God's working. God's looking at the heart. See, we can be frustrated at something God's doing, but in our heart, he's still working. He's still there. We can't give up on one another. And God, I'm going to tell you this right now. There's a lot of things a lot of people don't, don't want to hear. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. There's a lot of things that we need to go through. And we don't understand why God would, would have a set time in, in the book of our life for us to go through certain things. He knew what we were going to go through, but he knows who he is. We know what the, who the hurt is, but God knows who he is in the midst of whatever we are going through. And, and I've gone through painful times in my life, things where I begged God, oh my God, you guys, I begged God to heal me from something, for, for a healing, for a breakthrough. It was destroying my life. It was hurting me. It was killing the things I loved. It was hor- just begging God, God, I know it's wrong. It's not good. And I, ne- and I needed to go through it for an exact specified amount of time that I look back on and I see exactly why it happened and ended on the exact day that it happened and the exact breakthrough that it brought and the exact reason and the exact testimony and everything. And it's the thing with Paul with, with the thorn in the side, right? And, and we hear that verse used a lot. But the truth of it is, is we don't understand why God's grace is good enough until we've seen the entire life cycle of that hurt and that pain. So there's a, the nature of this is, is very different. So I want to talk about the nature of promises in our first point. And the second point, I'm going to talk about steps of faith. And then third point, I'm going to talk about the power of thankfulness. And, and truthfully, thankfulness is probably, to me, right up there with prayer and one of the most powerful event-changing things that can happen uh, on the other side of human behavior. Thankfulness is extremely, extremely powerful. And I think we don't, we see thankfulness as, we don't even see thankfulness as a quality. Like I've never heard somebody say like, yeah, Todd's a really thankful guy. Like he's super thankful. I, I don't think I've ever heard somebody describe someone as thankful, you know, but I'm telling you, thankfulness is extremely an extremely powerful uh, weapon in your tool belt or a tool in your tool belt, unless that's your job, but um, for sacrifice and fulfillment. And we're going to talk about how what, the nature of sacrifice within a promise and the nature of fulfillment and walking on the other side of promises delivered. So, and my first point in the nature of promises I want to get to the fact that there's so many promises throughout the Bible. The Bible is entirely built around promises. And here's also the thing. Promises are covenants in the Bible. And covenants are directives for the way to live life. 
um, the Ten Commandments. That's a promise. And I, I remember being in college and I was always the kind of, so there's, I think there was two kinds of kids growing up. There was a kind of, there was a kind of kids that read the Bible and started having questions and then asking like, cause I went to catechism. So we were, we were raised Catholic and then we converted to Christian. So I went to catechism, went through the whole thing. And you know, there's kids that would ask questions and then like the priest is like, or the teacher's like, uh, so you're not coming back anymore because I don't know how to answer that question or, you know, just like Sunday school teachers or somebody, they don't know how to answer the question. And then the kid kind of gets, you know, goes off in another direction or something. But I was the kind of kid who I would ask those questions to myself. And then I would just research and read and understand how it's reconciled together. And I hear so many people like, oh, there's so many contradictions. I couldn't believe it. And how do you explain this? And how do you explain that? And then I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I'm happy you asked that because this is actually not a con contradiction. This is a temperament, you know? So like I, I was that kind of kid growing up. Right. So as I got older and I started to understand some of these things, I started to read and know that a lot of these uh, covenants uh, with God were directives because there are ways that God was ensuring not only that we would understand who he was, but that we can see the way that we needed to live our life. So there's a lot of stuff like the 10 commandments and, and things like, uh, you know, um, you know, promises to the early Israelites in so many different ways, even from Abram um, to, uh, you know, Abram and, and, you know, Sarai, Sarah, Abraham later on after everything happened. Um, but just promises to everybody, promises to Moses's mom and promises to Elizabeth and promises to Mary. And it's just the Bible is one big string of, of promises, right? And then even promises in the New Testament, which are amazing for us that we are living out right now and the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. And then even promises still to come, because to me, prophecy is a promise. It's a guarantee of something that's going to happen or something that's happening within you right now. So when we see that all around us. So promises are a pretty big deal. This is a pretty big part of our faith and our walk. And this is a pretty big part of our entire life, because whether you're 60 or you're 30, or you're 15, there are promises. And I remember being 12 years old, sitting in a church, and uh, the pastor stopped speaking, and she walked over and, and stood next to me, and I thought I was in trouble because I was sitting in the back, and she just started prophesying things, and all these things, and I started crying. But I was crying because I felt something inside of me that was very special, and I didn't understand I didn't understand it, but I knew it was very beautiful and I knew it was very special what was happening from the words she was telling me. And she was crying and then other people were crying and I'm just like, what? Why are we all crying right now? Like, <laughs> just totally confused, right? So, you know, promises are really big. And then I'm seeing now, you know, almost 20 years later, you know, 18 years later, a lot of these things beginning to happen. So, Prophecy has uh, promised nature to it. So, you know, promises have to have a nature to them then. If it's something that God's using, and we see him using this stuff very frequently, then there has to be a nature to it. So if you, you know, you travel through biblically and you look at these promises, there's, there's a very specific life cycle that you see through every single one of them. And a lot of the beginning promises with, uh, you know, from Genesis to 
you know, the situation, like I said, with Moses, and then I, I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy in a little bit um, with the Israelites as they're walking into the promised land, which they had went through a ton of stuff to get into all the way to promises of the gospel being spread to the Gentiles and be allowed to all of us today. If none of us are ancient Israelites. Sorry, keep drinking water. I'm getting a little dry throat out here with the, uh, um, I got the heater on in the car. So forgive me if I keep uh, drinking water as we go. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing to take from the life cycle of a promise is understanding that if it's happening and you're somewhere in it, or about to be in it, there's some some contact points, some traveling points. You know, like when we drive over here uh, from Arizona, my wife's grandma lives in India, and then we usually switch in LA. And then by the time we get to like, you know, the I-5 by Bakersfield, where you know, or the grapevine, you know, you get gas at this point, like we all have points in our journey, right? Like if you take a road trip that you always take, like, you always stop at that one restaurant in that one town because that's the one you really love. And like, my thing is, um, when I come to San Jose, I always gotta get Happy House. That is like one of my my go tos. I have my go to restaurants, and my my parents just know he's gonna go to all his favorite restaurants for the next four days. Like he doesn't. We don't have good food in Arizona. I'm sorry if you're on here from Arizona, you're probably saying Amen and preach right now in your hands in the air because we don't have good food in Arizona. It's, it's just, it's one of the sacrifices is, you know, cheaper housing, no, no good restaurants, you know, but, um, you know, out here in the Bay area, obviously some of my favorite restaurants and, um, we've been all over the, the Bay this, this week and, and going to all of our favorite places, but, but, uh, it's the same thing with the promise there. There's those favorite spots in the life cycle of a promise that will, will be guaranteed guaranteed that you will experience on the life of it because they are diverse but they do have some similarities that that we will all be going through and that we'll all be experiencing and and i know that it's going to look different for all of us but the the general container of a promise will will be the same so some of those things i want to talk about in this first point a promise will be some will will be something that God has built in to the desire of our heart. And I know a lot of people who struggle with this concept will say, but you know, our heart is being described as wicked. And yeah, absolutely. That's that's completely but this is two different types of hearts we're talking about. Right? We're talking about because our heart isn't, you know, a physical embodiment of our personality. That's a mental aspect. What the Bible's saying there is your thought process is wicked. Your tendency is sin. The things you absolutely want to do are all going to be selfish and sin-related because it's what we are. We're fallen nature. We're fallen humankind. It's not until we've been conformed by Christ and the sacrifice on the cross that our desires, the desire, you know, asking, because if it was our hearts are wicked, why would God bring us the desires of our heart? Why would we, why would we get those things, right? These are things that have to be tempered. That's what I was talking about temperament when I was talking about a contradiction versus a temperament. We have to understand that when we are in alignment with God's will, Romans 12, one through two, that we just read, we're going to be able to understand these things, but it doesn't, it's not that it's just limited to understanding what God's 
perfect pleasing will is but there's an insistence there in that verse that once you understand it that you're going to then go do it and that's what we're talking about <clears throat> and there's a lot of people that experience this where you come into a relationship with christ or you've been a christian for 30 years and there's something that you need right now there's something that you want to happen right now that's a promise that's something that god's speaking to you it doesn't mean that you went up on a mountain and there was a burning bush or there was like a meteor that came down and like the heavens opened and a big touch screen came down from heaven and said you know press continue and you hit continue and it's like hey here's your promise thanks for coming up here it's like no a promise doesn't always have like that that same grand expression sometimes a promise is simply something it's it's a need met it's something in our heart that we want god to fulfill we need his help on or something that is really big that we just feel a pull towards it and it can be anything but we know that we feel that pull towards it. And the nature of a promise is really beautiful because it's something that makes us feel a certain type of way. You know, the kids say that a lot. I'm, I might even misquote this or say it the wrong way, but like, I, I think the kids that nowadays say like feeling some type of way, a promise will have you feeling some type of way. And I probably butchered the meaning of that. And I'm, I'm probably the least cool person that I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know the hip lingo and all that. I don't have social media. I don't do TikTok or any of that stuff. I can barely dance. Um, that's a lie. I'm a good dancer. I'm a really good dancer. But I don't, I'm not up with all the hip stuff, but it will have you feeling something that you've never felt before. It'll have you feeling something that you just know that you know. This is, this is a unique something. There's something pulling me towards it. There's something pulling me. I drive by that company every day. And I pray, God, I just see myself working there, Lord. Or just you see yourself being a mother. You just know, like, God, there's something in me, Lord. I had a rough childhood. I was, I was in foster care. I just know, God, if you brought me a son or a daughter, I know I would love them, Lord, into identity. I know I would love them into, into uh, independence. Lord, I would love them so much that they could just love the world around them. And you just know there's something inside of you that has that you just, you see, the way you know a promise is you can envision it. A promise requires vision. A promise requires you to see it in your mind. And guess what, folks? The way we speak to God is in our mind. A lot of us, God will put somebody, you're just driving home one day, and God will put an image of that friend that you haven't talked to in six months. And you just call them up when you get home and be like, hey. I just wanted to check in with you, see how you're doing. I know we haven't talked in a while. And they're like, yeah, I haven't been doing too well. You know, I've been really struggling. It's been hard and this and that. That was God that put that image of them on your head. That's how God speaks in your mind. That's how he's going to say things to you. He's, he's going to use the imagery of your own mind. That's our, our brain is our radio for tuning into God, right? So that's why we spend time with God so we can practice tuning in and we can hear from him quicker and the quicker and more clear we hear from him, the better the world around us becomes, right? So he'll put those things on you. And sometimes you don't even know that it's God. But I want to temper that now with the fact that you might see yourself in a Lamborghini and a mansion with, you know, let's not keep going down that. But, you know, and, and maybe that might be where you're at. Maybe you're, you're, in, you're in that lane. And maybe that's what, what God's trying to do. I don't, I'm, I'm not God. I can't, I can't judge your promise. But, you know, you got to, let's, you know, kind of wrangle it in a little bit. But um th it's the fact that like this is going to be something that you know to 
to avoid it being how you know how do I know that this is not just my own selfish desire and this is something that God wants because it's going to bless other people it's going to be something that not only are you going to have it's going to make you feel this connection with God but it's something that's going to expand outward remember what I said with kids where like or grandkids, you know, where your marriage 30 years ago could have been on the rocks and maybe in, in danger of separating and all these things. And then 30 years from now, you're looking at your grandkids saying like, wow, I can't believe I almost packed up my stuff that night. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe I was done. And I was, I would have left in, in this, this beautiful child right here that I see, I see God's love in their smile and their laughter. Like if you've ever heard a kid laugh, if you've ever heard a one-year-old laugh, like, and 30 years ago, the marriage almost failed. Thir you know, 30 years ago, grandma and grandpa's marriage almost failed. They weren't even a, a twinkle in anybody's eye. You know, God is involved with that because it's going to involve other people. There's going to be, it, blessings are exponential. It's not just you that they're going to benefit. If it's going to just benefit only you, you might be asking yourself for a promise. <laughs> you might have a promise of yourself at that point. And that's, that's a good indicator. So. When you're in the R&D process, you're the research and, and development of your promise with God, if it only affects you and it only blesses you, it might not be a promise from God. And, and maybe step back into, into some communion time with him to maybe redevelop and reshape that promise because you might be on the right track, but it might not be entirely, entirely uh, a promise from God. It might just be something that uh, you really want you know, and you don't know why you want it. Maybe you want it to fulfill a void. Maybe you want it because you want to fulfill something you lacked in childhood. Um, or maybe it was something that, you know, you feel that you need to make you look a certain way to other people um, or something that you need for identity. Those are unhealthy things. Those aren't going to be, those aren't going to be things that God's going to pour into. Those are going to be things that God's going to allow you to think you need over time so that we become broken of it but those aren't the fuel or powering system of a godly promise um they can be in godly ways but not in not in not in this sense not what we're talking about today the other thing about the life cycle and nature of a promise is that it's got to hurt and you've got to doubt you've got to go through pretty much a dark unbelievable period where it's just like no i it's not going to happen it's never going to happen i heard wrong if you don't think that you heard wrong during the life cycle of a promise, it might not be a promise. <laughs> you, you need to doubt this thing. At some point, you need to think of a plan B. You need to think of, you, want, you need to want to quit. And you can see this throughout. I look at Abraham and Sarah. They're like, we, just, we didn't hear from God. Or we need to do it on our own. We need to make it happen. Think about how many people in the Bible made a promise from Samuel and Saul about the promise in warfare. And actual warfare, it's like, nah, you know what? Time passed. Let's make the sacrifices do this. That wasn't a God thing. And then they just go out and lose horribly, right? So it's like, we, we have to want to quit on a promise. Like, I can't, every promise that I have fulfilled today, um, <laughs> I quit on at one point. I, I, you know what? That's also not true. I'm sorry, guys. I quit on multiple times. I'm talking multiple multiple times i mean waiting for my wife i prayed for my wife i remember it being in a time of prayer i and for the record i never wanted to get married my whole life i i grew up 
never, I did not understand marriage. I saw my, my parents been married for almost 30 years. I'm like, cool. That's, they're that type of person. I thought being married, you had to be a specific type of person. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. I don't know. I was just built differently. I just had a, some kind of genetic thing in my, or maybe in my brain, something. I just, it was not an appealing idea to me. I just was like, why, why do you want to, I saw all the work that my parents had to put. I was like six years old, seven years old, watching my parents going every week to, they, even times when they didn't need it, they still went to Christian counseling, just to like Christian marital counseling, just to make sure that it was a finely tuned machine, you know, and all the sacrifice for one another and all these different things. And, and I'm just like, why would you go through all that work for somebody who, who can let you down right away? You're going to do all these things. I just didn't understand why, why people would want that. Right. So to preface this story, you know, I say all that. I remember being 24 being in prayer and I felt God show me my wife and my two kids and their and like, specifics and I was like whoa that was crazy I've never seen anything like that it was like a full-fledged color vision like a, like a movie and and this was not my mind this was some, this was this was crazy I'd never seen anything like that and I immediately was just like I don't want to do that like I don't know that I want to do that because I had grown up not wanting to be married. I just wanted to be just single, have enjoy my own money, not spending it on diapers, not spending it on, on marriage counseling, not spending it on vacations, family vacations. I'm a recluse. I'm very isolated. I'm a homebody. I don't go out much. I have been uh, quarantining for 30 years. Um, I'm not that kind of guy, you know, and God built that promise into me. And then I tried to make it happen. So I waited a long time and then nothing happened. And then I started to try to date and then nothing happened. And then that was really hard because when you date somebody, I mean, we all kind of date with the intention of marriage. And I guess I was dating with the intention of searching and that's very dangerous, you know, and to be completely honest, I broke some hearts in the process because I started to realize, whoa, I'm trying way too hard to make that promise happen this is not okay. But, um, I guess I'm just a lovable dude. And like, you know, I, I definitely, you know, had some, a lot of long talks where I had to like repent to somebody and ask for forgiveness because like I developed intimacy in a relationship with somebody that wasn't my wife. And then that damaged me because I had to then carry that on into my marriage where I had previous relationships and the way that affected me emotionally, you know, all these different, you know, things. And, now having a history and a story and a past, um, that's all, that's all heavy stuff to carry into a marriage. So, so a promise will have that, that process where you want to make it happen because you quit. And another thing, like you need to be ready to walk away. Like, I, I don't know why they have to be this way, but like you have to be ready to want to quit everything because you just don't, it's not happening. You're not making it happen. And a promise has to be something that you really get frustrated about. You really want to quit because God allows this to happen because he's exposed. It's not for him. God doesn't need us to quit on the promise and get frustrated and get mad at him and all these other things because he's like, I am shocked. You thought that you, that's what was inside of you all the time. God allows us to get frustrated and want to quit on a promise because he wants to expose it to us. 
because he wants to show us, hey, you know, when you're raising your hands and praying in tongues and, and, you know, you're right there up in the front row. Yeah, that was that wasn't real. Like, this is who you really are. And he does it in a loving way. And it's the best thing that could ever happen. And that's real connectivity with God. If we're going to get real right now, it's not the church voice that we put on. when We're like, hey, how are you? It's so good to see you. He's exposing that one that's at Tuesday morning that's like, I can't believe this, this blipping, bleeping, this and that and whatever, like that real us that gets frustrated when we don't get our way. That's what he's exposing in a life cycle of a promise. A promise is not just for us to get good things. A promise is a character shaping tool. A promise is an expanding tool for our personality. A promise is an exposure device that God uses to show, hey, this, this process is a promise, right? But the process is your heart, though. That's why we get so consumed with prosperity or consumed with, oh, I need to sacrifice. I, you know, we're sinful creatures and we need to hate ourselves. Like we, we try to go on either end of the spectrum because a promise, the best thing about a promise is that it's going to shape you. The best thing about a process of a promise with God is that it's going to expose you. The best thing about a promise with God is it's going to show you, hey, surprise, you were only serving because you wanted nice things. Or, hey, surprise, you're only serving because you thought you were better than other people. Or, hey, surprise, you're only serving because you don't have identity in anything else. So you wrapped up your identity in church and you don't really know who you are. And this church person that you are on the call, this church person that you are at church, that's not who you really are. That's not a real person. That's fake. And the real you is going to come out when I don't give you what you want. And he does it in the most loving, understanding way because we all hide behind who we think we are. And a promise is, a promise reveals who we really are, the process of it. So it's got to hurt and it's got to be hard. And the other, and another part of a promise, and we're talking about still point one. I know this is going to be a long one today. If you got to go, I totally understand. But we're still barely on point one. The nature of a promise, another thing, and the final part of it is, will we give up? Will we give up on God? Will we believe that it can't happen? Will we, and I talked about this in the second part of it, but it's because we have to see that God, that we are not in control. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, outside of exposing, outside of it blessing other people, all the other things that we talked about, what a promise looks like, is that we have to, and I know this is crazy, because we're all like, God's in control. And we've all probably told people a million times, oh, God's got this. Don't worry about it. I know God's going to come through for you, all these things. But do we ever stop back and think, do I know that God's going to come through for me, though? You might not even going through something. You might be at somebody on a phone in the hospital parking lot praying for their loved one that's on the third floor, and you're telling them, don't worry about it. God's going to come through. God's got this. I've seen God. But stop. Do you actually believe God's going to come through? And you're in luck because a promise from God's going to reveal to you whether or not you believe God's going to come through. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If you are quitting on a promise right now, if you've had a promise that you quit on before, congratulations, you don't believe that God will come through. If there's something that you don't believe right now, it's because you don't believe that God's going to come through on it. We need to choose our words carefully, but we, even more, we need to choose our thought process carefully. A promise will help us understand that only God can do things. Only God can split the water. Only God can pay the rent. Only God can get you into that company that you know you're supposed to be at and you drive by and you drive around that building of that company seven times praying and you intercede 
and you pray for your desk before you even have it. And you're praying for that hospital because your loved one's in that hospital right now and you're driving around it praying and you're praying for every floor and you're praying, you're praying for that thing right now. You're praying. God is making sure that you understand what you say. God is making sure that if it came out of life and death is by the tongue. I've seen a lot, a lot of rappers I've worked with, a lot of rappers I listen to on, and I'm like engineering and I'm like, Hey bro, on an engineer level, that was a really good take on a Christian personal level. Are you sure you want to talk about that? Because you will live it. You know, like we don't, we don't understand that this process, what we're speaking out, what we're talking, you're going to live it. You're going to walk through it. If you're speaking it, you're going to live it. And it's not just a name it and claim it thing. And so many people either build that up too much or they tear it down too much, but their life and death is in the tongues. We see that in Proverbs and we see that everywhere. And you see that today. If you say something about yourself, congrats, that's what you are now. You know, we need to understand the same process is embedded into the life cycle of a promise. It's going to, we're going to, okay, there's going to be a price to pay for this promise. Are you ready to do it? You spoke it, you prayed it, you declared it, you named it. Are you going to, are you going to go out and do it? And that leads us to, to my second point, the steps of a promise. I have a friend who, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this, the scripture, and I'm going to start out with, a, with a, a personal story. I have a friend, and um, I don't like talking about my daughter with this friend, because I know that him and his wife have struggled to conceive. And I don't want it to seem like I'm being insensitive to their process by overly talking about my love for my daughter or things she did and little funny things because I'm trying to be sensible and sensitive to what they don't have and what I do have. And he will always ask questions. And I realize he's not asking questions because they're envious. He's asking questions because they want to believe but they don't know how to because they've been so disappointed. And so I was talking to this friend and I told this friend, um, why don't you take steps? And why don't you, why don't you, why don't you believe in little ways that build up to bigger ways? And I told this friend, Start out by making, if you haven't been tested yet to see what everything's looking like, why don't you go get tested to see what, what your, what's going on inside of you too. And then once you find that out, I'll tell you, hey, firsthand, I'll tell you exactly how much it costs to have a baby each month because I, I'm doing the bills and I'm seeing that go out. I'll tell you the, to the penny how much that costs. And why don't you guys put that in savings each month? That's step two. That's the next bigger step. Why don't you, why don't you start to, why don't you start to, to see what you would be spending on a child each month, and then put that away, as a as a show of faith that you're preparing for what that's gonna, that's gonna cost like, and then why why don't you guys just go for it? You know, our step, a lot of us think faith and a leap of faith is something that, that we all think that we just go to 
that we just go to the ocean and split it and we and we raise our staff and but we don't realize that Moses had to step out in faith so many other times before that that led up to him being able to stand up in front of the ocean before David defeated the Goliath he had to have faith to defeat a lion it had to be in steps we didn't just get to the Goliath we had to go through a bear we had to go and then and then once the bear if the bear wasn't enough then you had to go upgrade to a lion and then when the line wasn't enough, then you have to upgrade to Goliath. And then it keeps going and keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because it's not just so much that we have faith to step outside of the boat. That was step one. That was little faith. Now step two is you need to now take a step on the water. Right? Our, our faith comes in steps and, and levels. There's levels to it. Okay? So you have to start in your promise that you know from God. If, if the promise check this out. If the promise is to have a spouse, is to have a husband, have a wife, you're not going to immediately uh, accelerate to just getting the husband or wife next week. That's not what it is. You're focused on that because that's the end product. But what you don't realize is that step one is that you need to get, go get lust for, uh, get healing for lust and pornography. That's step one. You don't see that that's in the life cycle of, of the marriage process. You're thinking about a husband and wife and praying to God and mad at God that he hasn't brought your husband or your wife, but you didn't get financial, you haven't get, gotten financially stable yet. You're holding on to God for the promise, but you haven't realized or seen that there are steps that are going to lead up to that. You don't just go to the NBA and start just sinking three-pointers. You're shooting at the gym on the junior high team first. You're working on the fundamentals. Remember, a promise is not just so you get something that's going to take you away from God. The way that you ensure that is by taking the steps that lead up to that, that shape your character, that shape your person. A lot of us have a promise or something, even if it's a family member that needs to be healed, even if it's a family member that needs breakthrough and that's a promise, or even if it's us, we don't see what God was using that to, to remove control from us. You know, my grandfather's fighting for his life right now in the hospital. And, I, and we can't even go in there because of COVID. And this nurse, you guys, in Jesus' name, I pray every good thing in life come to this man that called me last night on his personal cell phone to FaceTime my grandfather. The fact that he did that and he doesn't know me, I've never met him, and he FaceTimed me so I could see my grandfather. I FaceTimed my grandfather last night, seeing him like that. We talk every Friday, every Friday. He just, I'm not breaking out of here. My, I'm, I'm still on, but this is a hard one for me. Because my grandfather was like a father to me growing up. It's hard. Trust me. I know it's hard praying for something like that. I'm right there with you if you're right there. You know, I see him like that. And then I remember the days of him teaching me to ride a bike. You know, I remember him dropping me off at school. It's hard to hold on to that. But Last night when I was FaceTiming him, 
I had so much peace in my heart because I'm not in control. And I know that I had the fullest extent of a loving relationship that two people can have, that a grandfather or a father can have with a son or a mother. With It was just perfect. You know, for over 30 years, And I wouldn't have been there always, though. I would have wanted to be in control. I would have wanted him home. In Jesus' name, heal him. Get him out of there. And my wife was crying next to me. And she was like, it hurt to see him like that. You know, because she's seen him up around the house years ago, you know, like doing his thing, watering his plants. <laughs> um, we have to, some, sometimes we don't understand how a promise for somebody to be healed could be for our character. But that's why right there, because we're not in control. And God wants us to be in the place where we have peace because God, I promise you guys, I promise you with every, the only thing I can promise you, I can't guarantee you anything, but I promise you this life is not it. I have seen it myself. And I know that might sound crazy to some people, but I was 24 years old and I, I was one of those people who had a, a like after death experience and saw it. And I saw it and it changed my life and it made me the man who I am today. It is the only thing that changed me is I saw heaven. I actually saw the whole, you, the whole thing. I know I'm going to sound crazy to some people who've never heard this before, but the whole thing, talking to an angel, the whole nine yards, I can say that comfortably now today. I could not talk about it for years. I didn't tell anybody about it for years because I thought people were going to think I was crazy because I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I went crazy and I saw it and I guarantee you there is a life after this place. There, there is an eternal, is there an eternal place that you cannot even fathom, that you cannot imagine with the human mind. It's impossible to imagine it with the human mind. And it is after this life. And I guarantee you, I, I've seen it. I have seen it. And other people I've heard that have seen it is exact same thing that I've seen. And I had that peace in that moment, seeing him there, knowing that like, if he went tonight, he said two things. He's like, what kind of car do you have? <laughs> and he said, I love you. He was like, <laughs> he wanted to make sure that we made it. It's the only two things he had energy to say. All these tubes and pipes and things and all this stuff inside of him. And I had peace. And I wanted the promise to pray that I wanted a promise that he would be home and that I could take Belle to go see him and he can meet her because he still hasn't met my daughter yet. I understand promises can hurt. Promises can hurt when you want it, but we don't understand what God is doing in us through something like that. You know, so that we can understand that this is not it. This place is not it. Anything you can get here, it's not it. There is there's someplace infinitely, infinitely better on the other side. And that leads to my third point, thankfulness. See, we walk into thankfulness we, we, you know, the Bible says, and um, I have my verses out here, and it's in Psalm 104. This is one of my favorite verses. This verse pops up in my head almost every day. It's very, very weird. I know that might sound weird, but this verse literally pops up. I always see the words in my head everywhere I'm at, it, all the time. It's crazy. I'll talk to somebody and I'll see this verse pop up. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. 
I just love that verse so much. And a way that you posture yourself for promise is with thankfulness. I recently walked into some a promise that I had been praying for for probably six or seven years. And I knew it was time to happen because this has happened now. And I've lived out this life cycle a couple times in my life. And I immediately started giving to other people. Not because I knew that it was going to speed it up because I knew it was already here. And I didn't do it on the other side because I knew it would make it come to me quicker. I did it because I knew that I need to walk into this showing God that I'm thankful for everything I already have, even though I don't have it. And I need to show God that that thing that he's bringing to me is not going to replace him. I, I really want it and I've prayed for it and I believe for it, but it's not going to replace God for me. It's not going to replace my peace. And I'm thankful that he's doing it for me. See, thankfulness is a weapon because thankfulness protects our heart. When you show God, that, what's the verse, right? Like if he could trust us with a little, he can trust us with a lot. When we show God, that we're thankful even with what we have right now. If Even if the health that you have is bad right now, thank him for the health that you have right now because somebody else would trade everything to have the health that you have right now. Somebody would drop everything for the problems that you have right now. Somebody would give everything up to have your problems, every single one of your problems right now because there's somebody out there right now who has it 10 times worse than you. And it is, it is bad. It is bad. We have to walk in thankfulness because it brings us closer to God. We, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Entering into someone's home, Old Testament, that was a huge deal. That's how you get connected with somebody. That's why uh, the Israelites were forbidden from entering into Gentile homes. And you see that with Cornelius and, um, you know, you know, that was the big deal about going into Cornelius' home. And uh, because if you walked into someone's home, you were tying yourself with them. You're being connected with them. So the way that we enter into God's home is with thankfulness. The way we're getting tied up with the mindset of Christ is by being thankful. That's why you enter into that kind of alignment with God's will. Romans 1, you know, 1 through 2, 12, 1 through 2, we're talking about by the transforming of our mind because we understand that it's by the cross. That is our worship. We give it back to God. Our thankfulness is for the cross because God made a way for us and we're connected. We receive the gift and connect with the gift of the cross of salvation and this life more abundant because we thank him and worship him for the cross. Worship is thankfulness for the character and nature of who God is. Is it, is it coming together? Is, am, I, am I painting that point? Am I developing that point? We're connected with God. We enter his gates and the courts of his home, of him, of being connected with him by thankfulness. We get closer with God by thankfulness and praise and thanksgiving. And you, you have to posture yourself for this promise and a promise received with thankfulness. And we have to understand that it was nothing that you could have done. It was nothing that you could have done to get that promise. There's nothing. The final point I want to close on today is the final point is sacrifice and fulfillment. It doesn't look the same necessarily as it did for Abraham. 
Abraham goes up on this mountain with Isaac because that was an Old Testament way of doing a New Testament lifestyle. And a lot of people look at that and that's such a contentious point for a lot of people. And a lot of people who don't believe point to something like that and say, well, if God's good, why would he do that? But a lot of people don't understand the context of the times that stuff we would do now would seem crazy to people 3,000 years from now. And things people did 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, would be like 2,500 years ago would be crazy to us now where we're like, what are, why would you even do that? But God speaks the language of the time because people are in the times and it constantly adapts. Right. And the foundational truths are, are eternal, but the way that it's communicated is very much seen through a lens of the time. So whereas Abraham would have gone through something like that to understand what the point I'm going to make, we might have to go through something different. God wanted to make sure that, and we've all seen this, how many of us have seen, experienced, been, or had an overbearing parent? And, and Jesus is very clearly about this with, you know, cutting, you know, separating the kids from the parents, right? And talking about that. Well, it's because you can destroy your child's life by being overbearing. You can destroy your child's life by passing on that generational bondage, right? You can, you can destroy your child's life by the words that you speak to them. I've struggled with fear a lot in life because of things my parents told me. And, and no offense to my parents. My parents are amazing parents. But the way they worded things by telling me if I didn't do something, something would happen to me or somebody, it's gonna, somebody's going to get you or something's going to happen. Those things made me make every decision in my life with fear. So as an adult now, I have, I'm hypersensitive to situations that involve fear because I grew up thinking something bad would happen to me if I didn't do something. That's, that's not healthy. That's not okay. Because then I grew up with fear. So what happens now is that I have fear in my life. God comes to break that and make sure that that doesn't happen. So with the situation with Abraham and Isaac, what happens is Abraham would have destroyed the future of the Israelite people if he had utilized having um, his son be his, his gift, his world, his God, right? And so God needed to see that he was willing to lose that in order to gain that. Because who gains their life? Whoever loses their life. So you have to be willing to understand that if you've been praying like, Lord, I need that car. I need, I need to get to work. And Lord, I'm having, I'm, it's, I promise I just, I drive by the lot every day. And I just declare in Jesus' name that I'm going to be driving that car. And guess you're going to be, you're going to be ministering to people in that car. You're going to be giving people a ride. You might even loan it to somebody who, and you're like, no, I mean, I'll loan them my skateboard, but like, or my bike, it got me around before I had it. I got a pass. They can use like, no, like that is not going to be just for you. That's going to be something that's going to bring joy to other people too. That is the way that God does it today. That's the way God did it yesterday with Abraham. But the way that God sees that we can sacrifice it, he's not going to say, hey, I just gave you the car. I need you to go sacrifice the car on a mountain. He's not going to say that to you today. We have to understand how to adapt what's prescriptive, what's descriptive. And in the final closing point that I want to make is just saying that we have to understand that when you're on the other side of that promise, you need to be ready to understand. And this is the biggest part of today. This is if you take away anything from this, I want to tell you this. God bringing you a husband, God bringing you a wife. God bringing you that job, God bringing you that financial breakthrough, God bringing you the healing, God bringing you the car, God bringing you the kid, keep going. It's not going to make you happy. It's not going to fulfill that hole in your heart.
it is not going to do it. The only thing that's going to happen, that's going to do it is God. And the last reason why God will bring us a promise fulfilled is because he will show us that's not your end all be all. And I don't want to close that in on a, on a low note because it's not a low note. It's actually the highest note that we can hit is that a promise is not the thing that's going to bring you what you're missing. We want those things because we think it's going to bring us what we're missing. And we prayed hard and we went to church and we served and we gave and we did all those things because we thought if we just did enough, we would move God's hand so that he would give it to us and we would finally be happy. And everybody I know that's praying for a husband or a wife right now, they want it and I see it and I hear it on their voice because they think that having a husband or wife is what's going to make them happy. It's what's going to bring them fulfillment or validation or identity. And as a guy who goes to marriage counseling and who struggles and who battles with things and who's in a really happy, awesome marriage, but still sees how hard it is and has wanted to quit and has wanted to give up. I can tell you that it's not because that's not what it's about. Promises are not from making you happy. That's what people don't understand. The prosperity stuff and all the other things and, and, and the like self-hating Christians that just think if they just punish themselves a lot, uh, whether whatever camp you lean towards, it doesn't matter. The promise is not about either of those things. The promise is about process. The promise is about changing and exposing your heart. That's why God allows these things to happen. Because it's going to bring us closer to him. And that's why the points that I talked about are so important. And the life cycle of a promise. Think of a promise as a product. Think of it like that. And the life cycle of that product, it's so important. Because we have to remember at the end of the day, this is not going to make you happy. Only God is going to bring you joy. And the thing that a promise does is it teaches you the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is temporary because you get what your mind thinks you need, right? Your mind thinks you need the new, the new shoes or the new whatever or whatever. It's going to make you happy. And they're not because you're going to get more. Or you're going to get more. Or you're going to do this and that. Joy is the ability to overcome the low points in life with God, knowing that you have peace. It's knowing that there's peace, that there's breakthrough, that there's deliverance that comes only from God. That's what joy is, is knowing that there is peace in any situation. Happiness is very, very temporary. Happiness as a synonym could be seen as the word illusion. And it doesn't mean that you can't be happy in life because happiness is built into joy, but joy is just happiness that's not conditional. It's happiness that is built on a foundation of peace and accepting and understanding anything that can come your way. So I want to leave you guys with that today. Thank you for hanging on. I know today was an epic. It was a saga. It went on for, that felt like five hours. It was dark when I came out here and now the sun's up and there's people driving around and walking their dogs. And so um, I've probably been out here for a couple months, but you know, I want to thank you guys for hanging around, listening. Um, we're going to get into love, life, and victory in a couple minutes, but I wanted to just do two things. First, I want to recap, and then I want to do uh, some time for a second good morning. Hello, if you didn't get to do it earlier this morning, um, we'll get into that. So we talked about, uh, we were in accordance with this month's theme. I always got to make sure that I, I mention that because I don't want to get in trouble for not sticking to the theme. Uh, I always get text messages about that. Hey, make sure you stick to the theme. So let's, let's make sure we do that. Um, so the steps of promise, the direction of promise, how do we walk in that direction? 
How do we walk in those steps of promise? We talked about point one, the nature of promises. Point two, we talked about the steps. Little faith build, builds big faith, right? You don't just get to Goliath. You got to fight a bear first. Then you get to a lion. Then you get to Goliath. We walk our way up there. Take little steps of faith that lead you to a, a big step of faith that takes you to your promise. Um, point three, we talked about the power of thankfulness, the weapon of thankfulness. Thankfulness is, it is, it is a weapon, absolutely. And then point four, what does sacrifice look like and what does fulfillment look like in a promise? So um, I had fun talking about this today, you guys. I, I, this is a very near and dear topic to my life. This is a topic that got me to walk away from church for a while. This is a topic that got me closer to God. This is a topic that um, made me just shut up. This is a topic that has changed me as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a son, as a brother. Um, I almost said as a daughter. I don't know. That was, I'm off, you know, it was weird, but I'm off, yeah. I'm off now. But um, yeah, so um, I want to give this opportunity, give this time um, as an opportunity. If you did not get to say um, earlier, uh, good morning, or if there's a birthday we missed or or a, a shout out you want to give or something or anything like that, please uh, take this time to, to go ahead and do that. I'm going to go on mute. What's up, Aaron? Good morning. Hey, sir. Good morning. Good to hear from you. Hey, man. Always good to hear from you, too. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same situation you. You know, my um, bonus son, my daughter, uh, Love, came in last night. So I've got four, four of my grandchildren here. In this, in this uh, apartment, so getting ready. You already hear the youngest one uh, up there laughing, and so we getting ready to cook a breakfast. So if I don't get get ready, if I don't get a chance to come back on, man, just wonderful. Yeah, epic. Uh, yeah, your decoration is like Zack Snyder's uh, Avengers, man. <laughs> Avengers, guy. Thanks. But, uh, Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Chock full of uh, things. I love to discuss it. I might not get a chance to, man, but just want to say, man, welcome back to the Bay. Glad you made it here safely, and my prayers are with you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Morning, Matthew Mo. Dee Awesome. Hey, good morning, Dini. Good morning, Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. I enjoyed you. You did a great job. Good morning, Mother. This is Nikisha. Uh, my boys came from the Bay Area, so I got all my children here with me, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm I'm just feeling real good right now. There's there's some things going on with one of my sons, but it don't even matter. I fed them, and everybody is asleep right now. So to God be the glory, I really needed that decoration yeah. this morning, and safe travels to you. And praying for your family member. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? This is Auntie Jerry. And I just wanted to uh, let you know, as always, you uh, really brought the message that most of us needed. And I, too, have all my family from Arizona. Uh, My brother has been gravely ill. But uh, the idea, the fact is that We don't look at a situation and a brother who had been gone for like six years. He showed up on. He showed up home. 
can't believe here in my living room right now. <laughs> when God makes the call, every one of your family members will show up no matter whether they have a phone. And as you say, if we go back 3,000 years, the way we did do things now is all electronically. But he didn't have a phone. He's lost everything. He's been homeless. And in the midst of me, the 80 to my brother that was in the hospital, I got a call. But he showed up. He was drenched. Like, so he's here. And I'm doing everything I can to love him back into the kingdom. I don't know how, but I just want to thank you for that word of this morning. No matter how long it took you out there, thank you for coming in here in the Declare Victory Room on this morning, giving us what we need. But I believe it's family time now. I really do. Yes. Thank you. Yes, in Jesus' name. Man. Man, I was like, man, I feel God so strong right now. Man, this is so powerful. I love this. Thank you guys so much, everybody for sharing. And like, I just, I feel it so strong right now. I don't know what we do with this. I don't know where we go. I'm just going to go as the spirit leads, but um, let me pray for us real quick for all of us right now. Cause we're all clearly in the same boat right now, but does anybody else have any good mornings before I do that? Yes, sir. Brother any, Moses, anything you brother Cedric. This is brother Cedric. I want to say thank you. Thank you for this uh, declaration today. I'm actually in a hospital, and as the actual surgeons came in, you know, I had this call on mute, and they were listening, and, you know, the nurses, they, they just had to stop and listen to, to, to your declaration, and, and so I just want to let you know that you're appreciated, and your word got out of here to a lot of people this morning, <laughs> so thank you once again. We appreciate wow. you. Wow. Thank you for thank you for having the bravery for both of us to put me on on speaker there. I would have been too nervous. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah praying for you, Cedric. Thank you. Thank you. They came in and explained what they were doing. And I, I, I just kept the call on. And, and so once again, you are appreciated. I'm back on mute. Thank you so much, Cedric. That that's so powerful. I And that's just how we do it you know that's we're it's it's very um i i think declare victory has the capacity and power of that i think it's so beautiful and i want to pray into uh i'm definitely i'm being sensitive right now to the spirit and i really feel um so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it um i'm gonna give a little word real quick and then i'm going to pray and then we'll get into love life victory if if anybody still wants to stay on i know we're going way over but um, don't give up on family. We, 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 I know it's hard right now. And I know that it is, um, there's going to be breakthrough though. And the family members that you're praying for right now, you're going to be talking with them in the backyard one day. And they're going to say, man, I don't know who was praying for me when I was doing X, Y, Z, or when I was out there or whatever but God heard whoever was praying for me and they're not going to realize that the person that was praying for them is standing right next to them because I had that moment last night and you're going to have that moment because God is not, God is not going to be made a mockery of. 
when he puts it in someone's heart to be praying for somebody to be praying through, um, and you are dedicated in that and you are committed in that, God is going to come through because that's who he is. He, and even if it's in the midnight hour, God comes through. And even if it's past the midnight hour, God is going to come through. He's going to come through. It's who he is. And I was standing there last night as this family member who I cried over for three in the morning, where I prayed and begged God that I wouldn't get a call that they, that they got, that they got killed or that they were, that they were shot or that they were in prison or that they did something for years and begged and begged and prayed and had anxiety. And every time I saw a family member's name pop up on the phone, I panicked and immediately stood up and walked outside to answer the call. And they're like, Hey, just wanted to see if you shipped that thing yet. And I'm just like scared because I was worried about the other family member, you know, like God is going to God. That's God's heart for that person that you have. That's God's heart for your family member that he has for them. And he's doing it through you. That's we are analogs for the power of God to the people in our family. It's not our job to judge them. It's not our job to punish them, to change them. We are humans. Yeah, we're going to feel those feelings. But it's our job to pray for them, to intercede. And it's the most powerful thing you can do. I know so many moms that don't understand what happened with that one son. With the one son that, you know what happened? God had, God had his love for them through you. That's what happened. Only you could have been their mom. Only you could have been their dad. Only you could have been their brother. Only you could have been their sister. Only you could have been their, their, their cousin. You know, only you, because God spoke through you. And so when they're on the other side of breakthrough someday and they're wondering who's, who was praying for me? This is crazy. Someone was praying for me when I was running in the streets. Somebody was praying for me when I was in the hospital. Someone was, Someone was praying for me. That was crazy. I know it. I feel God is telling me somebody's praying for me. It was you. You were praying for them. You were the one standing in the gap for them. And I asked God that one time. And I, and I say this story a lot. I was in the store. Every time we're in the store, every time we're in line, for a long time, I really hated kids, to be honest with you guys. I'm just going to keep it real. I, just didn't, I didn't really like talking to anybody younger than 25. And I just was not a kid person. But then after like really surrendering my life to, to the Lord, I became like this person that prayed over kids. I would see kids and God would show me flashes of their life in the future. And I would just pray for them. And I would just intercede and protect, you know, just pray protection covering for their, their purpose, their calling, you know, their gifting, all these things. And I remember it became a part of me, like anywhere I was at. And one day I remember God telling me, he's like, I used to send uh, people to pray over you when you were a kid. And that's why you, you went, it's a big reason why, you know, you went the path that you went is because you didn't even know it, but you were playing and kind of, I would have somebody walk by you and I would have them intercede for your life. You know, it was you that was praying. That was you that was praying for me. You know, we got to hold on. Don't doubt prayer just because you don't see it working. Don't ever doubt prayer because you don't see it working. You do not want to be on the other side of that promise being like, yeah, God, I trust, I trusted you. I knew, I knew you were, I was just messing with you. I was, I was, um, I was just playing around. I knew that you, uh, you really had it the whole time. Don't be that person. If you don't see it, it's because he's doing it. If you don't see it, because it's because he's doing it. I wanted to release that word today over, over everybody. Cause I see that I'm getting the feeling we're, we're all connecting with family right now. And 
It can be hard being with family, the dynamic. You might be in another room or outside or like me, everybody's asleep in the house and I'm out in the car since five in the morning and I got scared because I heard somebody who walks at five in the morning. I got scared. This guy's walking down the gravel at five in the morning. I almost, I don't know how to fight, but I almost tried to. And so, you know, I'm out here, we're all out in, in the car, in the backyard somewhere listening right now in, but um, we're here with them for a reason, you guys. We're with our family right now for a reason this weekend, for this week, the family that's with us. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Don't hide. Don't run away. Don't be the one that's hiding in the room on your phone. Like, be out with the family. Be out with everybody. Be, be vulnerable. If they say that one brother, cousin, sister, whoever it is, they say that one thing that sets you off, just let it go. Charge it to the game. Let it go. God, God is in that room with you, through you. You're the ambassador. You know, don't don't trip off it. Just just let it slide, let it go, and just be sensitive to what God wants to do. So I release, I pray that in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray the strength for each one of us as a West family, the strength for each one of us that might be in the hospital or has a loved one in the hospital right now. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, breakthrough right now in our families for our loved ones, and I pray breakthrough for our promises, Father. I want to declare in Jesus' name right now, Lord, that we have heavenly perspective, Lord. Our perspective is so limited. Our perspective is so earthly-minded. Lord, expand our mind. Um, Lord, in Jesus' name, I I pray that we have a God-processing mind, Lord, the way Solomon did. He honored you because he said, when you, he could have asked you for anything. He said, I want to think about things the way you think about things, Lord. And you're like, yes, that right there is what I want. We want that, Lord. We're asking for that too in our homes with our family. And even if you don't have family with you this weekend, even if you're just, if you're, if you're isolating this weekend or you're quarantining this weekend or you're just at home alone right now this weekend, in Jesus' name, I pray that God processing mind over you right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for that. Father, I just declare, Lord, in Jesus' name, that each one of us, Lord, can be you where, where we need to be. And, and, and this is the thing. We always pray to be like you, Lord, and to, and to, and to, Lord, just allow me to be Jesus to people, but Lord, give us the strength and the courage and the joy and the peace to be you to our family this weekend and to our coworkers on Monday and to the people around us, because it's not just one thing to be you, because to be you to people is to sacrifice your life for them. That's not fun for anybody that I'm just going to keep it real. That's not fun, Lord. And you know that we know that that's not fun, but we don't want to talk about it. But give us the joy and the peace that if we got to go through hell with people to get them out on the other side, have us roll through hell in the nicest car with smiles on our face, waving as we go through, knowing that our our heaven is on the other side of it. And it's going to be with the person that we're riding through it with, that we don't need to ride through it with our head hung low, that we are victorious, that we were created. We were not created in fear. We were not meant to go through all this stuff in fear with our head low, with anxiety, stressed out, like, Oh God, this is going to happen, Lord. I don't, Lord, I just, our heart starts getting sharp and tense and I get pain in our chest. No, in Jesus' name, I break that in Jesus' name. I break that thinking in Jesus' name that you will not think in fear. You will not think in anxiety. In Jesus' name, you will walk through things confidently with your head held high, with your chest held high, with, with just humbleness and thankfulness on your heart, with peace and knowing that you say five things, it's going to cover a paragraph. If you say two things, it's going to cover three hours worth of talking. In Jesus' name, I declare that over each one of us as we're in these situations this weekend. So I thank you for that, Father. I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the rest of the time that we'll have together um, in love, life, and victory, that it be anointed, that it be inspired by you, Lord. And I just thank you, Father.
I ask that you dwell amongst us, that you speak amongst us, that you guard our hearts, that you help our words. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So thank you guys for uh, being in that prayer um, and just partnering with me. So I now want to open up the call for Love, Life, and Victory. So if there's anything on your heart, something you want to share, we've already heard some beautiful heart shares already. Um, just amazing, inspiring stuff. I was actually crying during during um, one right now. So um, thank you guys. And um, yeah, if you have anything on your heart that you'd like to talk about or maybe something God put on your heart during the Moses. message today, go for it. Hello. Moses, can you hear me? This is Prosperous yes. Pam. Hey, Pam. <clears throat> was a be- hey, how are you? Beautiful declaration. It was so beautiful. And that word was for me. Um, well, I wanted to say good morning and just, I was just so thankful for um, you breaking down the, um, about promises and how you feel, but it was like something's revealing itself to me during the call and through just people who've spoken already. And then when you started praying for family, because that's where I am, I've been at the point where I'm like, I felt, I felt like God wanted me to pray for this family, but now, you know, the, lately I've been like, I, maybe I'm not supposed to, you know, because I'm just, it's just um, a lot. Um, I'm also dealing with someone who my mom has been not well for a while, and I don't know why sometimes families, they just disappear. I just don't, but God knows all things. So um, it just, that was just a reminder for me to maybe continue to press in, um, because in the flesh, so I, I'm really at the point where I don't feel like it anymore. You know, when someone doesn't return your calls and all these other things, I'm getting all too much into the details of it about all. But the main thing is that I just want to say thank you. There's something happening, and I hear God saying continue to pray. So that's what I'm going to do. So thank you so much yeah, for absolutely. today. Absolutely. Thank you, Pam, for the encouragement. And just real quick to, to speak on that real quick. My wife and I have gone through that for about a year. And I, and I think even a couple months ago, I shared some of the family stuff we had been through. But um, just real quick, a lot of times I've learned just be a silent role model, like a silent example, because I've learned that it didn't it took years. But sometimes the most important statement you can make to help a family member change or come around is to just live a quiet, godly life where God is releasing blessing, correction, direction, all these things over you, and you have peace, and they're going to just say, nothing in their life has gone right, and they're going to look at your life and be like, I just want that. I just want peace. I just want consistency, and that's what we have, and when we have that, and we silently and humbly showcase that, that's when we are like a magnet to those around us. So that's, that's what we've been working on in our home that's as good. it relates to what that's you said. Good. So thank yeah, you. thank you for sharing that. And thank you for trusting us with the information and the transparency and that is very inspiring. Thank you. Hey, Moses. Hello. It's Dee Dee. I'm praying for you um, about your grandfather. I've been praying with your mom as well. And I know what it's like when my dad was trans- transitioning and I had to leave him in a hospice bed, in a hospice place in North Carolina and get on a flight and fly back to California. And I wasn't there for him. To me, he has already gone. But what I want to just say to you and your mom and the family and and for you having your grandfather and active, that's a blessing. And those memories are promises that God is going to give you. So I want you to, to mm-hmm. tap into that. And that FaceTime was so, like, I was crying when you were talking about that. And when, when you were just saying how you, he asked you what, what you were driving. Those are things that as time goes on, and I'm still trusting God for your grandfather's heart and all of that. But I just want you to understand that his promises are what they are. And so as you were yeah. talking, it just took me back um 
because it was the hardest thing to do was to leave my dad in that place, right? Because I felt like I was abandoning him. But what your share did to me this morning and touching with, with Brother Eric talking about the family and Keisha's sons getting there, because we were on the call last night when they were traveling, they got stranded. So it's it's God moving. Like you said, he's healing some things. He's, he's, he's um, bringing forth some promises. But what you share, you shared so much this morning. I got on late and I still got full because I was tired and I overslept. But, but when you talked about the... Um, well, let, me, let me hurry up. Well, yesterday, Armani, my son, and I were talking. We were talking about what you just said. If 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 I had left their dad when I left and didn't go back, because I left their dad so many times, none of my kids would be here. So that did wow. something to me. I, I promise you, I left that joke. I almost said another word. I forgot where I was. I left him so many times. And when I look at River, my grandbaby, who I love so much, her mom really didn't almost make it. Like, it gave me chills. Because I had left wow. that man. So you said something that, that just those promises. So Alyssa's life, all of my kids' life means something. But the fact that Alyssa made it and then I got a granddaughter that I love to life that's almost six months, I wouldn't even have her. You know what I mean? So I'm so yeah. I'm so emotional. But this whole morning is just like a therapy session. I'm praying for Sister Geraldine because I know her brother and I know her family and her story with her brother making it back. This is a healing, healing morning. So I love you, yes. nephew. I love you so much, and I'm glad you guys are here with family. In Jesus' name, yes. Thank you so much, Didi. Yes. Morning, Moses. Wow. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Rochelle. You know I love you on Saturdays. I love you all the time, but I love you on Saturdays when you bring the word. <laughs> you, um, and definitely yeah. praying for um, Moni and you and um, mm-hmm. your granddad. Um, and I just wanted to just say that um, – the Lord, I've been tossing and turning all night, but not in a bad way, but just knowing that I didn't want to oversleep because I have to do the prayer. You know, when you have a task or an assignment, you know, you tend to either oversleep or, you know, so I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But I kind of bent up <laughs> and the Lord woke me up with the Psalms 104, enter into my gates with Thanksgiving and to my courts with praise. And I said, Okay, Lord, I know we always say that when we're walking into the building, but guess what? We are the building now. We are the church. Yes. So every time we petition him, every time we call on his name, we have to do it. Oof. And those are the gates. When we open our mouth, that is a gate, our mouth. When we open it, when we give him praise, when we petition him, when we come into his Oof. presence, his presence is the court. So I thank God for that. That was just huge. Um for, you know, that to just to connect that way. And I said, Lord, I thank you because his promises are sure. And when I enter Ooh. into his th- His gates with thanksgiving, into his course of praise, I don't have to worry about the pres- the promises because his promises are sure. And I can stand on them. I can bet on it. It doesn't matter what I think and how I feel. It should turn out. But if I enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praising, give him thanks in all things, then his promises will prevail. So I thank God for that. I just, I thank God for family. Um, I just want to um, encourage Pam that a lot of times God um, puts us in positions because our families can depend on us and trust us. I took care of my mom. I took care of my dad. And I have an older brother who's five years older. And I used to always wonder, okay, he's the oldest, so why don't he step up? And someone had to tell me, you know why they call on you so much? Because they can depend on you and you, they trust you. And that's how God feels about yeah. us, that he can depend wow. on us and he can trust us to pray, to stand in the gap, just like Lord 
stood and interceded and standing in the gap for us. So didn't mean to say so much, but I give God all the honor because he is who he is, because God is, and he is just God in my life. So, but God bless you. Wow, that, man, that hit me hard. That, I mean, I just got so many like little nuggets of uh, just, oh man, that just, that spoke to me about my own life. And what you're saying, I was like, don't stop, don't stop, keep going. <laughs> Thank you for that. That that really ministered to me right now. I, some things I needed to hear in what you said, especially about like, man, just everything. That's crazy. <laughs> I need to write this down. I'm going to get my notes out while everyone's sharing. So um, yeah, who was that? Sorry. This is Cynthia. Good morning. I I enjoy your stories. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Cynthia. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Moses, this is Nikisha again. Uh, when you were praying and you were saying that um, certain people were supposed to be uh, that person's mother or cousin or stuff like that, because sometimes I'm like, okay, am I really supposed to be part of this family? And when um, Prosperous was talking about there were people that were uh, not returning phone calls and stuff because my brother was supposed to go with my oldest son to Oregon to get my youngest son, but he didn't, but it's okay because even with them getting stranded and all that stuff, they're here. And last night when my oldest son called and we were on Friday Night Live and my youngest son was getting agitated, but when we started praying for him, when they told me that they were an hour and a half out, my uh, son, my other son's girlfriend was telling me that uh, he started calming down. So I know if we don't believe nothing else, that this community, family, gathering, uh, bedside church is so needed right now, more than ever. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. those prayers were getting to my son because he is he's going through some mental stuff right now. But they said when we started praying that he was calming down. So I'm just so grateful. And to also not, uh, we're going to ride in that car through the hell because we <laughs> know that heaven's going. Okay, yeah, because I was just, I was crying and laughing at the same time because, uh, you know, I like me a nice car, child. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> We about to uh we about to do this here and we coming out on the other side victorious and I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. Because I was scared. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know what to do. But I had to calm down too and know who I am and know whose he is as well and walk in that authority that has been given to me in the name of Jesus to pray for my son and to come together with declare victory and other people that I pray for and know that he is going to be all right because God loves Malik more than I can ever. And so I mm. just love you all. Thank you. And and honestly, like that is so encouraging because, you know, I, I, my last night when I was FaceTime with my grandfather, I, my wife was crying and she was next to me and she was like, you know, it's okay. Like you can cry and, and let, and let it out. Like, she's like, you need to like feel these feelings. And I told her, I was like, you know, babe, like I've been by a lot of hospital beds. I've been in a lot of hospitals and 
I think, yes, maybe at one point in my life, it was hard for me to cry and to process the emotions. I was like, but to be honest with you, I just can't cry right now because I feel so much peace because I just know, I just know that I know that if this is it, then it's it because it, it because I trust God, because I, there's something about having a fullness of a relationship with somebody that you know what God was doing and what he's done and what he was going to do, even if it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen. And you just know that God loves that person more than you could ever love them. That's so powerful that you, that you touched on that because I had to think about that with one of my family members that was really deep into like street life and gangs and, and just did not know if I would get a phone call that something happened to them. And I had to remember, this is his testimony. This is how he's going to reach younger guys that were like him that went into that lifestyle. They're, they're not going to take me seriously because they're going to be like, you, you never banged. Like, how, how, well, how am I going to listen to you? But they're going to see him and hear his story and be like, oh, man, this guy just explained my life. He had the same life as me. And he trusts God and he serves God. So maybe I, I want a way out. Maybe that's what I can do. That's how I can get out. And boom, instantly right there, there's a value that no one else can attain. But where was I at when the testimony was being built? And I think that as Christians, we need to be the kind of Christians that can do exactly what I was saying, ride through hell in the nice car with our with that person we're praying with waving because we know heaven's on the other side, because we know that this is testimony time. And here's the thing, there's a lot of us that, that are on this call right now that I used to be a drug addict. I used to be an alcoholic hardcore like i used i had a crazy life i was drunk calling my parents from hotel rooms saying i was going to kill myself you know like i saying i didn't want to live anymore and they didn't know where i was at what state i was in where i mean and now i'm here giving a declaration to you guys i would have never thought i'd been here that i would be here you know we need to remember that too a lot of us had overdosed at one point a lot of us were on the streets at one point we were homeless we were living in cars and we weren't living in cars. We were living on the floor of drug houses. You know what I mean? So it's like, we, we were there and we came to where we're at. Why, why did God didn't stop with us? He didn't retire. Once we were done, God is in the business of this. This is his business and he's good at it. He's been doing this for a very long time and we need to remind ourselves that. And that's so powerful what you said, because it reminds me of that. We got to remember God's been doing that. God's been God a long, long time he has been got it long time so um that's powerful and that that just really humbles me your whole the story from last night to today is very very much humbled me a lot thank you for sharing that hey moses this is glorious glorious god bless you, oh, hey, thank what's you up? hey thank you for that declaration thank you for your transparency I'm praying, like everybody else, for you and your family and for your grandfather. And um, your just, just this entire morning has blessed me being able to listen. And I was running around doing some stuff, but I was able to listen. And the thing that blessed me as I, I kind of process it or how the Holy Spirit processed it for me, that even when we're going through stuff with our loved ones and we're believing God, I love the, that uh picture you gave us of riding through riding through hell with them in a nice car smiling because we know we've got the victory already and so for me in in dealing with some family members and some situations 
I, I thank God for being able to have that picture in my mind now. Yes, I believe God. Yes, I believe his word. Yes, I'm proclaiming his word. And guess what? I don't even have to get stressed when they call me with crazy stuff because I'm riding through hell with you smiling in a nice car because daddy <laughs> said so. Yeah. Because daddy said so. So I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm going back on mute. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. Hey, Moses, you said you said um, when you were in the car this morning and you were doing the, the declaration and it was dark and you heard gravel and then you said that you couldn't fight. I was like, you're from the Bay. Everybody from the Bay <laughs> can fight. But that was a little bit of the, the chuckle. And I'm grateful just for how you blessed us this morning and talked about your testimony because I think a lot of times we get caught up and don't want to deal with the who we were, you know what I mean? But God already knew, he already knew that because he had already gone before to know that you were going to be a declare and you were going to be a, a husband and a father and, and pouring mm. into so many people. Listen, when, when um, Cedric said is in the hospital getting ready to have surgery and you blessed the nurses and the doctors, I, that, I mean, I was about to choke, tear up anyway. This whole call has been emotional. Um, praying for Pam, and I know what that's like, Pam, when you are, but you are the, the one that they can depend on. So you keep going. You keep going. This morning, Brother Eric got his grandkids. I mean, there's so many blessings on the call. Um, it, it's great. I, I All I can say today, and I, I'm going to uh, get off because I know we can stay long-winded, is that you, you brought the fire, sir. Know that. <laughs> Don't worry about you went over because I'm Saturday morning. That's what it's for. I've done my workout. Yeah. I didn't clean up the kitchen. I'm about to have some coffee. But I, I'm just yeah. grateful for you, Moses. You are a mighty, 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 mighty man of God. And so we just want to say that we appreciate you. And I'm just praying that God pours back into you because you so you just you just bless my heart. Amen. Thank you so much, Dee. Seriously, yeah, I really receive that. I really appreciate that. Good morning. Good morning. This is Stephanie. Good morning. Um, I'm driving right now. I hope you can hear me over my road or whatever. But um, I've been waiting to get on the call. I got on the call at about 5 after 6, so I didn't get a chance to say good morning. And I've been just listening to everyone give gratitude and praise and alms to our Lord and Savior. And when I heard you get emotional talking about your grandfather and all the people calling from the hospital beds and talking about your children and their grandchildren, all I could do is pray and give thanks to the God who I serve. You know, and um, I was put me in remembrance of just during this COVID season I've lost two godchildren from COVID who were twins, who were babies. Um, my um, children's father, who was my first love, he sits in an urn inside of my household. I was able to go up, and they, they escorted me up to his room, and they gave me 10 minutes to say uh, what I needed to say to him. But I was able to release him, and he was able to go in peace. You know, but the thing is, is that like somebody said, God already knew, he foretold all of these things that were going to happen. So all we have to do is stay in position, stay prayed up, allow this foundation that he is building. Even though we don't have the building, 
We have the fellowship. We have what we need because we are the church. We are the structure. We are the people, you know, inside of us. We carry that message. We are the prolonged sentence that allows everybody to know, yes, he still lives. Yes, he is still on the throne. And oh, by all means, yes, he is coming back. That's all I got. Wow. And wow. Man, that is so powerful. Thank you so much. I feel it. I feel it. And I totally agree. I was in the same boat listening to everybody, just stunned and humbled and just thankful. And I'm, that's why I'm so happy. I, I felt God telling me this morning, actually, to build in the thankfulness. And I, I, I forgot the point. Um, also, real quick, if we just, everybody, just make sure you're on mute. I think we're getting some some background noise there a little bit. Thank you. That sounds a lot better. It was It was an interesting kind of background noise, too. So. Thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate that from a hearing uh, perspective. But, um, you know, there was a, a point last night where, you know, we were all together. My mom was going to work. I, some of you know, my mom works the graveyard shift at Kaiser. And she's actually um, she's actually driving back uh, to the house right now. And so um, she was like, hey, are you ready for tomorrow? You know, do you, you got everything before she left the house? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be fine, you know. But I, I kind of hadn't laid out everything yet, but I, I had it in my mind for the last couple of weeks. And um, God was talk, talking to me about thankfulness. And I didn't write it down last night. And so I woke up and, you know, um, you know, Nicole and I and the baby are staying in uh, my sister's room. And, uh, you know, so I, I woke up and I just tell Nicole, I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to go, uh, I gotta, you know, the decoration now, I'm going to. I'm going to go out in the car. I'm going to do it in the car, you know, because everybody sleeps somewhere, living room, you know, like every room has like somebody in it, you know. And so I, I come out here and I'm like, you know, we're praying. And I was thinking, I was like, Lord, what's the third point? I kept, I kept forgetting the third point. I was trying to write it all down on my notes, my phone. And I just felt God tell me about thankfulness. And he gave me the verse and talking about it and everything. I was just like, oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Um, because it is so huge. So thank you for touching on that. That thankfulness is just so powerful. It's like, like when I said it's a weapon, like, man, thankfulness is a weapon. It is crazy. But thankfulness, there's got to be something psychologically that thankfulness does to your mind to prepare you for adversity. So it's crazy. And, and you wouldn't think it, you know, you think it's like strength or courage or bravery or something, but it's like thankfulness is actually the best weapon against fear. Thankfulness is what helped me solve fear with my life because I had a fear of death for a long time and it would keep me up at night and I would think about what happens after you die and all these different things right and then my wife told me one day she was like whenever you feel fear of death why not just be thankful that you're alive and I'm like man I never thought about it from this perspective it was deep and it hit me in a certain way and I realized like wow that's crazy like I I focused so much on something ending that I missed the time that I had it you know, and I need to be focused on what I'm having and knowing that the ending is just a bigger transition, you know? So it was like, it was crazy for me. So yeah, that's huge. I'm, I'm happy that you touched on that. Um, thank you. Does anybody have anything else, anything you'd like to add? Maybe something God's putting on your heart. Hey, good morning, Moses. <clears throat> it's Moxie, guys. It's Moxie Mona. Just want to say hey. thank you. Hi. <laughs> Always good um, listening to you, Moses. It's just wanted to just to say that. Thank you for your declaration. 
And you're so right, you know, when it comes to just, you know, being faithful, just being faithful, you know, just listen to everybody. You know, I just enjoyed and was grateful just hearing, um, you know, the testimonies and the, um, just the gratefulness, you know what I'm saying, and the thankfulness and everything out. I like just listening, hearing how good God is to, you know, each to everybody, you know, how he's got just good to me, how he's so good to everybody. I love you for your declaration. Thank you so much. I love my Saturdays with you, Moses. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, love my, I love these Saturdays, too, that we all have. It's like, <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, it's 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 great. It, it's a, We could be sleeping in, you know, but we're going to God. So it's it's a cool, you know, it's, it's a cool sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you for that, though. Anybody else? Anything else? Okay. Well, if that's everything, we have nothing else. I'm going to close us out in prayer. I want to thank everybody. I know we went on a little bit long, um, but if you are still on and still listening, I want to just say thank you for hanging around with us and listening to everybody's, um, you know, just shares and, and heart on this. And um, yeah, I just want to pray for it. And, and I'm feeling a big leaning, uh, you know, just in my heart and my spirit. I, I really feel a big leaning to just continue praying into family and just this weekend for a lot of us. And um I think we're going to look back and see that this was definitely a big weekend of this was a big weekend of, Oh, my mom just pulled up next to me. <laughs> um, just, I think this is a big weekend of us seeing family breakthrough. I think that's, that's what this really genuinely is. So I'm going to close out and I just want to um, thank everybody for listening in today, uh, calling in and uh, yeah. Let's do this thing. All right, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that we have a platform like this, Lord, that you've given us, that you you allow us to do this, and it's only because of you. It's literally only because you've given us the testimonies that you've given us, that you've given us the stories that you've given us, everything you've given us. I thank you that that you were with us through it. You showed us that we don't have anything to fear, that we're rolling through hell in a nice car. Um, that our windows aren't even tinted as we go through so that they can see the smiles on our face, that they can see that it was nothing, that the worst that he could throw at us, that you were always there guarding us from it. You were always there protecting us. You were always there with us. When we look back at the moments that we were hurt, the moments that we were abused, the moments that we were abandoned, the, the moments that we were neglected, the moments that we were taken for granted, you were right there standing right next to us. And I know that when we're united with you after this time, I know that it's going to be because you're going to show us where you were throughout our entire life. Where were you when we were hurt? Where were you when we were alone? Because I know that that's how you are and that's how you've always been to me. And I've always been thankful that you've been that to me because I didn't deserve and I don't deserve anything that I have right now, but I'm thankful that I have it. And from that place of thankfulness that you've taught, that you taught me about when we were going through everything, when we went through everything at mom's house, when I was staying in the, in the other room, you were always there with me. You, you never left me. You never abandoned me. Every time I was at the hospital bed or somebody, everything that we went through with everybody, with dad, all that stuff, like, I know that you have that for everybody. It 
I'm from that place. I just thank you because I see that everything I have is because of you. You know, and even as you're here next to me, like with me in times like this when I'm speaking or times like when I'm stressing, I'm just so reminded how good you are. And just thankful that you walk with me. And I and I pray that everybody see that you are that for them too. And you're that for their loved ones that they don't think are ever going to change. But you are. You really are. From that place. I pray for everybody that's listening right now. That they that they know where you're at, and that they can walk in the power that you died for them to have. So I'm just thankful for you, and and I pray that you change the way that that you change the way that we all think, because that's all it comes down to. It's just the way that we're thinking about this stuff. So. I just pray that you help our thinking, that we can forgive them, that we can forgive the ones that hurt us. We can forgive the family members that hurt us, the family members that are in the same house as us this weekend that hurt us, that are causing us to be in pain, that we could just let it go, that we could let it go the way that you let it go. I just thank you for everything you sacrificed for us, everything that you everything you gave us, everything you did for us, I'm so thankful for you. And the fact that you you allow me to share what I've been through on these Saturday mornings, they all make sense now. And I understand why you let me go through them. And I just want to say I love you and I'm thankful that you've loved me. And I speak that on behalf of everybody that's listening to us talk right now. I just thank you, Father. I think I'm so thankful for this weekend. I just pray that joy and peace over everybody this weekend, that we can all feel that too. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Amen. Thank you for um, thank you for calling Amen. in. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God bless you. Bless you. Trust in yes, the Lord. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord. Yes. Lord. Thank you, Lord. We oh. bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. What an awesome morning. Love you guys to life. Yes. yes. Family, family, family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. Love you guys. Love hey, you guys. Hey, <laughs> you know y'all all cray cray, right? Everybody. <laughs> we ain't alone. We ain't alone. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. <laughs> I love y'all. This is so. And then end with laughter because laughter is good medicine. Oh, thank yeah, you. You made me cry all morning. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> y'all have a blessed day. <laughs> you too. You guys are a trip. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, Moses, I, I give you free boxing it. lessons too, nephew. I got you because you got to know how to throw them bows. You cannot. You definitely got to know how to throw them. You got to know how to throw them well, bows. You, you go yes. ahead and teach me too. I got you. I, I got you. I, yeah. My brother, look, I was trained to fight as a baby because he thought I was a boy. He wanted me to be a brother. So that's one thing I can do for real, for real. I don't, I don't back. Ask my um, Armani. He'll tell you, like, my mama got hands. So, yeah, Moses, I got you. And, and Moses over there playing. He got, he got Mafia Moni for a mom. He he over there playing. He he can tell the thing. You know, he quiet. He can, he's silent with it. Right, and he from over there. <laughs> We're in the cars right now, partner. Uh huh. Tell me when they go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. And plus, hey, Moni is a real. She, that's my home girl. We met up at the at the Niner game. So Moni, you know how to fight. Good point. <laughs> that's so. Funny. He does. He does. He knows how to fight. He's playing with you. <laughs> right. I'm saying you can't be no real Niner fan and, and be no, you know, no sucker. So we know you're not that. So right. we got you. Well, well, <laughs> but we got I you, though. We don't windmill over from the rich. We ain't windmilling. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going back in the house. This is too much. Bye. <laughs> good night. Love you guys. Good night. Last day. Bless you, everyone. Have a good day. You too. Love you, Moni. <laughs> Love you guys too. Love you.